you guys out of here by 11 so you can beat the Baptist to the buffets. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes this morning. And, uh, you know, all of you, some, some of you guys are going, oh, yeah, I should have made reservations for lunch. <laughs> Hope you're doing something wonderful for your mom or for the mother of your children. And, you know, a lot of husbands kind of go, I don't need to give her anything. She's not my mom. Well, you know, you've got to help your kids to, to honor the mother of your children and um, be, be very aware of that. I'd like to, uh, like to do something here real, real quick. And um, I'm going to ask uh, Jim and Mike to come back. If you are a mom, doesn't mean you have to have kids in the house. If you would stand up, please. And these fine gentlemen are, are actually, we'll just do these ones first here, Jim. And then we'll leave oh. these for a moment. Okay. And just take some. If you're a mom, these guys are going to just take some. They're going to bring by some flowers, their roses. Be careful. And we want to just give you, give you a, a rose and, and bless you on, on this Mother's Day. It has, it, it, it has a, a little plastic thing with water on it, so it should stay fresh for a couple days. If, uh, you, if you want, you, you guys know more about flowers than I do. Last night I had to have some help making some of these. But um, a, a great way to keep them fresh is when you put them in water, cut the bottom again at an angle and then put them back in water and they'll last longer. But in that thing, they should last a few days. But, uh, but, but let's, let's, you know, I think Tom's got Let's give moms and mothers a hand here. And you know what we can do more than, than, than honor with a flower or, or a clap is let's pray for them. Let's stretch out your hands to a mom around you and let's pray a blessing over, over the moms, the mothers. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. I thank you for moms. I thank you for mothers all throughout this room. Pray a blessing in the name of Jesus. I pray a blessing in the name of Jesus that would go forth into their lives, that You would strengthen and bless them for their sacrifice and their perseverance, Lord God. God, I pray that they would be restored in every area of their life, God, today. We just rejoice in You. We rejoice in You, God. We rejoice in, in these moms. God, uh, I pray that You would remind us to pray for the mothers who are serving, serving their families and who've sacrificed so much, remind us to pray for them diligently. God, and we today, this day, on this Mother's Day, we, we bless the moms in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's right. They put up with us for many, 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 many years. Now, I've got I got three more things here to do for mothers, and um, and so here's here's what we're gonna do. If uh, I don't know if we, do we have any new moms in, in here, and so you know there's a lot of moms missing today, so we're gonna I'm looking for new moms, but whoever's the newest mom in the room, so so let's let's go like this. I, which you know we're we're gonna see if we do we have any anybody with uh, with children under ten? If you have any children under ten, stand up. 
Okay. Well, we're already done. <laughs> Woo! This, we, I have something special for... Oops. I want to hold that up there and let that one drain too. How old are you? You're three? Three. There you go. And when you have young kids around, you remember, boy, you need a lot of extra things. Life is... We're going to do two more. We're going to do two more. Thank you. Thank you. So now, I want... If you had... Your first child before 1980, stand up. <laughs> Woo! See, we're gonna we got a few more in this round. Okay, we're gonna go to elimination. First child before nine, uh If you had your first child before 1970, remain standing. Everyone else may sit down. Okay, well, you're, you're about to go anyways. <laughs> okay, let's go to 1965. If you had your first child before 1965, they are dropping. They're dropping. If you had your first child before 1960, sit down. Oh, after, after 60, sit down. I'm th Thank you. Okay. Okay, so now I'm going to, we're going to go in one by one because we're probably getting close here. If you had, if, if your child was born in 59 or later, have a seat. That would, my mom, I knew that. 58? What, what year? 56? 53. For the woman who has the oldest child. Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> 1953. And one more. You're going into a lot of trade secrets. You know, some of you know when you've had kids since 1953, you've had to persevere and suffer a long time. So you deserve you deserve something. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have the most children now. The most children. So, so we're going to go, let's go ahead and, I think we can start at, I think we'll start at three, okay? So if you've had three or more children, go ahead and sit, stand up. No, stand up for three or more. Three or more, look at that, we've got, okay. All right, if you have... Four or more remain standing. Okay. Five or more children remain standing. Okay. Wow. I, I may have... See, you raised them. That counts. Okay, so if you, if you had and raised six, everyone under six... Susie. Wow. 
children did you raise? Four and two. Four and two. Six kids. Wow. Woo! Wow. Wow. There is something special about somebody who has four kids and actually wants to foster two more. <laughs> Hallelujah. We've got a quick video we're going we're gonna to watch and we're going to get into a time of the Word this morning. What makes your mom happy? Flowers. When I listen, want to be good or something? Uh-huh. Whoa, that's too tight. What makes your mom sad? When I don't listen, oh, I going to get hurt. What's something that your mom does every day? Read the Bible, cleans the house, and I think work. What's something your mom always says to you? I love you. Go clean the room. Behave. Go let the dog upstairs. Do not bother mom while she's sleeping. How old is your mom? I think five. Twelve. That's a very, very tricky question. I know she's a half in something. What's your mom's favorite thing to do? Play with me. Sit in that chair. Date night. Shop. Shopping. Go shopping. She's just shopping every day. She always wants to go shopping. And I get tired. And I got boring. Where's your mom's favorite place to go? Chinese restaurant. An animal shelter. Think let's do the map. Go to the restroom. <laughs> How are you and your mom the same? Our hair, our eyes, we have the same bones. We're really flexible. We both have long tongues, but my sister and my dad don't. How are you and your mom different? Our eyes are different. The color of me, I'm brown and she's teen. Mom has curly hair and I have straight hair. I do have better abs. What's your favorite thing about your mom? That she doesn't like to be away from us. When she gets down the floor and plays with me. She's a really good teacher. I like her face. Her smile. When she lets me put on her makeup. That I can cuddle with her at night. She is really special. She's really, 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 really nice. How do you know that your mom loves you? She prays and she kisses me and she says I love you. So she's in my family. How she takes care of us. By making breakfast. Do my laundry. That she helps me get dressed. Takes me to all the things I do after school. She plays games with me. Play soccer with me. Play bubbles. When I sit in her lap. We watch movies. We get our nails painted. Make a scrapbook. Fish. Outside cookouts and bonfires. She spends time with us and not all by herself. She takes it. She does everything with me. Because she says it every day. Kisses me every night. All kinds of stuff. I just know that she loves me because she says, I'll always love you. She's awesome. She loves me no matter what. Like God. I love you, Mommy. Happy Mother's Day.
don't know if you noticed, but there's no moms serving anywhere today. There's men in the nursery. There's men doing uh, kids' zone. All the moms have it off. So on Father's Day, I'm not doing anything either. He's Mr. Mom and Mr. Dad. So good. Wow. You know, our moms are, are so important and you know, I, I, I think I'm I'm an expert on being a mom. Because I have one and I've had one for forty years, forty one years, and I'm married to one, so I really know all about being a mom. <laughs> This morning, I want to talk about, about motherhood, and we're going into today, and I was really praying, Lord, what do we do? And this is my first Mother's Day uh, as, a, as the you know, senior pastor and running, you know, running the, the service, and, and I just really praying, God, what do you want to do? And we've been going around the room, and I really felt like God just revealed some things to me about the commonalities between moms, being a mom, and spiritual growth, and so we're going to talk about that this morning, but uh, I had some things, I did some fun things this week, and I want to share with those as, as we start, I, I put on my Facebook, because, you know, that's what we do these days, we go on Facebook, and, we, and I wrote a question of, what things have helped you in, the, in the, this process of being a mom, and so I won't give out any names, but, but some moms, and some non-moms, um, quoted, of course, on my Facebook, uh, Ed's, Ed's quote on my Facebook about what things have helped you along the process of being a mom, and he says, not being a mom has helped me. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. You can always count on Ed for something spiritual. <laughs> and these are just, these are just some, of the, some of the things, just remember real quick, patience, a positive attitude, and of course, Coffee. Patience, take it day by day, moment by moment. And I finally figured out that I'd rather spend more time with my kids than to have a very clean house. Amen. One, one mom wrote, my husband. <laughs> What's helped you along the past? Refraining from asking the Lord for patience. <laughs> we kind of connect that. Remaining calm and Picking and choosing my battles, especially with the teenagers. Those who've gone through the teenage process can remember that. Letting your child know when you're wrong and that you're not perfect. Faith, extreme patience, believing in a whole lot of unending love. Spending quality time with my son, asking questions all the time. Being involved. Another woman, trusting the Lord to work out his good plans for my children, despite my human sinfulness as their mom. Time with the Lord every morning before I go get out of bed, and if it was a few, even if it was just a few minutes, reading God's word every day, doing word studies on motherhood. Another mom, making every moment count, even when you're really busy. Sometimes you need to step back and relax and enjoy what little time we have with our children. Someday they'll be grown with families of their own. So, so after a long day at work, picking up kids up late, 
I try to take the kids somewhere for a bit once in a while instead of normal everyday stuff. Remember that you are not alone. You have the best co-parent, God. Another mom, speaking the word of God over myself and my children, it does not go forth void. And finally, last one I put down here, really enjoying my kids and laughing in the fun times and in the frustrating times. My kids have contagious laughs even when they're laughing at me. <laughs> so, I am a real, I am, I'm one of these real sentimental guys and I, I get choked up when I think about these things, the sacrifices of moms and you know, there's a, there's a process, I think, that, that moms go through, and this is definitely not exhaustive, but those who are visual, try to find a picture to match each one of these statements so that it could really help. You know, all moms started out as little girls. Got one right in the back. You know, all moms started out on the lap of their mom, just a little, tiny girl. And they grew up. They began to grow, and, and I mean, they started out as these little peanuts, and, and they physically begin to grow. They begin to do things like tie their own shoes. They go out and they learn to ride their bicycles, or skating, or play jump rope. They begin to learn to read and write, and, and it's so wonderful when they do that, because that's when they start writing all these, I love you, Mom, and I love you, down all these pictures. They bless you. They learn that boys have cooties. <laughs> they get a little older and, and they do things that are a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more, more upscale maybe than a bicycle. They learn to ride a, a horse maybe. Along the line somewhere when they're young, they learn to take care of a pet. Then they learn how to say goodbye to the pet because they overfed poor Nemo. <laughs> They learn that they actually like boys and don't care about cooties. <laughs> but often long before boys realize that they like girls and are still more afraid of cooties. <laughs> During the whole course of life, this whole process from beginning to end, they're learning how to be responsible for themselves and for others. That's the life of a mom. As they go, their skills begin to increase. They become smarter, faster, more balanced on their bikes and on their horses and their things as they're growing up. Everything's increasing. And they discover also sometime later that they have these chemicals in their bodies that help make them more sensitive and caring. Not emotional. <laughs> sensitive and caring. I don't ever accuse women of being emotional. <laughs> you know, because this chemical is running through their body in increasing amounts as they enter the teen years, they learn and understand nurturing more. I mean, it's already been going on, but it just it gets, it begins to happen more and more. And, and they start babysitting more and more, and they volunteer to work with kids at church. And there's something that changes and begins to kick in. Around the same time, they discover now that they like boys, and if they play coy, they can get the boy, but not the cooties. <laughs> Along the way, if they're raised well, they learn how valuable they are, how incredibly valuable they are, and how special. 
and they'll learn never to compromise that value. By now they've learned to make friends as, as their parents, hopefully positive friends, but not always, and that part of the learning process is making mistakes. They discover that through much teaching and guiding and life experience, they discover the qualities that they desire to have in the man that they'll spend the rest of their life with. And after that, they discover how amazing it is to give birth to a child of their very own, to have more love in them than they could ever have imagined. Then they learn how to start this process all over again, helping their little girl go through it this time. And they learn, even if it's today, no matter what, God loves you. God redeems you. He's a perfect example as a father and a husband. He's there to pick you up when you fall, welcome you home when you've gone out without permission. Because today we have people who got regrets as moms. They haven't done it all right and perfect. And God loves you and redeems you. And he says, I will cause all things to work for the good. Today can be one of those sad days. Maybe the children are gone. Those days that we get introspective in in the things that have happened to us. And we need to know, above all, that God is good. Amen? And that is the process that moms go through. We've got younger moms and older moms. and There's a lot of our young moms who've gone away for Mother's Day. And that's why I know there was my wife and and, uh, the tunnels and and Una and about six of them who've who've all gone. And we've got some moms in the the congregation that are just starting out this process and, and some that have been on this journey of being a mom since 1953. And we can ask all the moms who all of their kids are grown and have children and have children and maybe have children. Does being a mom ever stop? It just never stops. You know, it's once a mom, always a mom. And it's, a, it's an amazing process. And I think of the, the, the different ages and the different stages of life that moms are on, I think, we need to, you need to be, I'm not a mom, you need to be helping one another and helping the younger moms figure this out as they go along. Work together. But as, as I was thinking about that and, and, you know, writing out these, and these are just things that I, I observed from the outside, all the things that I wrote down there, I, I realized it is so similar to, to growing spiritually. And it, there's so many ties of, of being a mom and going through motherhood and, and growing spiritually, that uh, we're going we're gonna to make some correlations this morning just in the, over the next 25 or so minutes. And, and I, I believe that for, for most moms in here, and uh, you don't have to raise your hand if you want, but you might laugh or something if, if, if this is how it happened for you. You had your first kid, and you basically said, Wow, I'm a mom. I better figure this thing out. 
You know, the kids don't come with a lot of instructions. And, you, and, and many moms, they didn't grow up with, in homes that were, they were even taught maybe good mothering habits and things like that. And you had this little baby and you had all these ideas of what it was going to be like. And then the baby came and you went, wow, this is, this is different. Nothing really can prepare you for that moment. But the next part is that thing that separates those who, who succeed and who don't when they, some, when they go, I better figure this thing out is it takes work to be a mom. And you can't just let it happen. It doesn't happen well that way. I found a, a scripture, in fact, since I was preparing and, and for this, it seemed like every scripture passage I came somehow reminded me of, of mothers. Well, not maybe not everyone, but, but many of them. And I found this, this fun one, 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 10. And let's see if this can correlate it all with, with motherhood. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. In great endurance. Moms? <laughs> in troubles. In hardships. In distresses. I wanted to get pictures for all these things because I, I, I can see all these things for moms. In beatings. Now, you remember, no, the, not the moms beating the kids, but the kids just attacking mom. Imprisonments. There is more than one mom in here who has felt imprisoned by her kids. Looking out the window going, please help. I just want to go to the store. We have money. Somebody, please. <laughs> Riots. Only those who've had, you know, and I don't agree with this, but, but it's been said that you're not a real mom until you had more children than hands. <laughs> And I don't agree with that, but I will tell you that when you have more children than hands, there is a different dynamic that happens because you can't get them all at the same time. And what breaks out, we, I grew up, there was five of us in, in our family. And so we grew up and, and, I mean, it gets a little out of control. <laughs> Pastor Eric Jensen in Oakdale they, they, have, they have just four, but they're pregnant. They're going to have a fifth child. You met Eric and Danielle. They decided to have another one. He's, you know, he's my age, 41, and actually just turned 42. And they decided to have a, another child, and there's going to be about 12 years difference between the new one and this one. But their first four kids were all under five at the same time. You two? That's motherhood. Or insanity. And, and it could lead to insanity. Imprisonments, riots, hard work, sleepless nights. I'm beginning to think that Paul was a mother. And hunger. Even that one. How many times have you been so busy, Mom, and t doing so much for all of the the kids that you didn't even eat. You just, I, just, I just want to sit down and eat. Please. Impurity. Understanding. Patience and kindness. 
in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. Isn't that a great picture? Johnny and Katie, weapons of righteousness in my right hand and in my left. You raise your kids up and they'll become those weapons of righteousness. Through glory and dishonor, bad report, good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown. I even thought of that. Moms, you get to the point where you don't have a a name any longer. You're either mom or you're Johnny's mom. (laughs) And you're known because of your kids. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Yet poor, yet making many rich. So many moms lived a life of sacrifice, even financially, because you had children. But you've made people rich because of the sacrifices that you've made. Having nothing. And that was for a culture that that we don't practice much anymore. We have everything. We buy. We go into debt to do it, but we, we buy things. But I honor and respect so much the generations before that really went without. They went without. They were poor, yet they possessed everything because it was the family. Way to go, moms. Way to go, moms. Another scripture I saw was Romans 5.3. It says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. That's the life of, of a mother. And it's also the life of a spirit-led life. It's a life of spiritual growth. These things intertwine and, and intermingle constantly. The life of a mother follows so similarly a life of spiritual growth, both in the way that she helps her children grow and then the life of growth that she must also go through also. Moms have to keep growing. They don't just have a baby and stop and say, I'm done. Sadly, we've seen that too often. But life of a, of a mom needs to keep growing just as a spiritual life. We need to have continual spiritual growth. In Second Peter 3, it says to grow in the grace and the knowledge. That's what characterizes us as Christians. We need to continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Taking examples of, of moms today that they continued to learn and to grow. Spiritual growth doesn't just happen, church. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't occur when you, when you get saved and just automatically, wow, I'm growing. If you allow it to just happen, it, it happens poorly. It happens by osmosis. It happens because you hear things around and, and you haven't applied yourself. And it, so it doesn't happen very well and, and it definitely won't happen very fast if you just hope that it happens and goes on. Spiritual growth is purposeful growth. Spiritual growth is purposeful growth just like being a mom. Just like being a mom. You have to purpose to grow. You have to set aside other, other thoughts and desires and things that you wanted to do. When, 
I married Shannon. She was in nursing school. And we had Matthew right away. And she, con- she continued to go to school and, and she wanted to continue to work at the hospital to keep up her, her things going on there. But we also wanted to grow our, our family. And she came to the point where she says, I can't do both. I can't do both. It's not right. I've got a family. We're going to continue to have a family. So she quit nursing school. And, 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 and so many people said, well, that was just the, the wrong decision. She had to make a choice to quit doing what she wanted to do by herself to become the best mom that she could. And, and I'm not saying everyone has to make that same decision, but you do have to make some decisions, hard decisions. You have to purposely choose to grow. And as a Christian, you have to purposely choose to grow in your spiritual walk. You can't just get saved and say, I'm just going to keep doing everything in the church and out of the church. I'm going to live just like I did before, but I'm going to add on Christianity. and We're going to see how this thing comes out. It doesn't mix well. You have to sacrifice. If you want to grow spiritually, you have to sacrifice. You have to have a desire to grow or at least a willingness to grow. If I wrote down at first, you have to have a desire to grow. And, and you have to have that desire, but the, the, there's a real part in us to be, to be real. to go. I really don't want to do this. But I'm willing to go through it because it's the right thing. It's the best thing. And, and then you go through the process. And a line of selflessness has to rise up. You have to die to self as a mom, and you have to die to self as a disciple of Jesus. You can't live your life and the life that God has for you simultaneous. And moms, you learn that. You learn that, that you can't live your life and the life of being a mom simultaneously. It just doesn't work out well. For those of you, I want to say this again, who tried, and maybe that's your regret, God faithful. Today, don't, don't let the devil condemn you. Don't let the devil condemn you if you have regrets. <clears throat> Cast it all upon Jesus and say, God, I didn't make all the right choices, but I'm doing it now. I'm going to pray and you'll redeem because he says he'll do it. He is faithful. So I just came up with, with three things in this, this, uh, this sermon this morning about Comparing being a mom to our spiritual growth. And this is something we just, there's no end to this topic because our whole life is about it. But I, I picked th- three things. The first one is that in both of these fields, you have to learn. As you grow spiritually, as, you, as you're a mom and growing in motherhood, you have to learn. You have to learn new things. You have to learn, learn the, the, the things that you ne- nobody ever taught you. And how do you learn? One, you ask questions. You ask a lot of questions. When you become a Christian, you need to ask questions. But it's important as you ask questions to ask good questions. There's a lot of bad questions. A bad question might be, I just got saved. Can you tell me everything I should do to be a good, a good mom or a good Christian? Tell me everything I need to do right now to be a good mom. If somebody would have come up to you on day one of being a mom and says, this is everything you're going to ever need to know. Ever. You have taken the baby back. Is there a money back guarantee on this one? 
You know, it, there's just too much. Don't ask that question. But a good question might be, can you give me some ideas of how not to get angry with my child that cries all the time? Can you give me some ideas on how to overcome this sin? Ask questions. Can you tell me everything I should stop doing in order to be a good Christian? You ask some people that and they'll tell you. Well, you got to stop doing You got to stop smoking. You got to stop chewing. You got to stop drinking. Don't go to movies. Don't dance. You got to wear. How about how do I know what God wants of me? Let's, let's read the Bible together. But you're going to have to ask questions. Ask people. And if you're going to ask questions, you need to ask the right people. You got to ask the right people the questions. And I don't know about you individually, but I know that there are many people out in the world today that ask the wrong people the questions because they want to get the answer that they want to get. They ask the question to make them feel good about themselves, not to really grow. I discovered this years ago when I wanted to buy a car that I couldn't afford. And I knew that I should get counsel on it because I was a young Christian. And so I thought of a couple people to ask. And I went, if I ask that person, I know he's going to say, the Bible says be indebted to no man. Don't go get a loan. If you can't afford to pay cash, don't buy it. And there was another side that would say things like, you're going to be saving money on your gas because it's a more economical car. You're going to be using it for ministry and you need good transportation and go ahead and get the loan. Guess who I asked? <laughs> you know, we set ourselves up and we ask the people, the que- often we ask people who are going to make us feel good about what we're already doing. You ever wonder why sometimes people hang out with people of lesser character than themselves and you go, why are they hanging out with them? It's because in that circle, they feel really good about themselves. Not always. We should be reaching out to people, but there's a side in human nature that we want to feel good about things. If you're going to ask questions about being a Christian, ask the right person. If you're questioning drinking, don't go to the Christian who's hanging out at Chad's going, what do you think about Christians (laughs) drinking? And he'll say, come on! Ask up. Ask the right people. Look to people who really have the life that you want to live. Who are as a mom? Ask the people who've raised kids that are serving the Lord and are doing well. As a Christian, look to those who've been serving God for a while and they're not legalistic. Legalist you don't want to ask legalistic people a lot of questions because they'll tell you. And and the answers aren't going to be Oh, real good answers. You want to find somebody who's balanced, who's serving the Lord, who's got some time by them. But in order to grow, you have to ask questions. Shannon still asks questions to people who've gone through it. And we homeschool, so there's a lot more questions to ask. What do you do when your kids start getting to high school? How do you homeschool? You have to ask questions. You've got to ask people. Ask the right people. Another way to learn, besides asking questions, of course, is, is to read books. 
And and you know you good moms, man, you've you've got stacks of books, you know, um, Dare to Discipline, and you you've got Doctor Spock, maybe you've got you you got you got to read books because there's there's a lot of great information out there as, as a mom. You know, you get a you get a strong-willed kid, and you're looking, you're going to the bookstore all the time, going, "How do you deal with strong-temperamented kids?" And you're looking, and you're you're reading, you're trying to get some understanding. And if you didn't, and if you're not, that's a great thing to do: read books. But again, read the right books. As a Christian, you can't grow spiritually unless you read a good book. You can't grow spiritually by osmosis. You know, a lot of Christians carry this around all the time, but never open it up. A lot of Christians on a Sunday morning or on life group night search the house for their Bible. They don't know where it's at because they haven't seen it since last Sunday. And they pick it up and they grab it. And it's, 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 for, for some people, it's become a badge rather than a life source. You carry your Bible because I'm a Christian. You gotta read. You gotta invest yourself into the understanding of God as He reveals Himself to us in the Scriptures. That is so important. Get in your Bible and, and begin to read it. Now, there's what I would call stage appropriateness reading. Stage appropriateness reading. For a bomb, it would look like this. Don't read books about teenage rebellion when you have a newborn with colic. <laughs> it's not the stage you're in. It's not the stage you're in. As you read books, as you read the Word of God, you do have to read it stage appropriate. Now, the whole Bible is really good. I don't suggest the first book you read as a new believer is Leviticus or Hebrews or even Revelation. That's not the, the best way to start out. You're going you're to be confused. You're going to put yourself under uh, dogmatism or, or legalism. You're going to misunderstand things. So even the Bible, there's, a good, there's good, better places to start. And if you don't know how, go back to the first part of this one. Ask a question. I want to start reading my Bible. Where should I go? Now, now if you ask the wrong person, Chuck Missler... <laughs> Who's a, who's a friend of mine? I don't say, uh, you know, I used to play billiards with him down. He, he lived right down here off of Shea Meadow, and he's a great guy. But if you ask Chuck Missler, he, 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 he probably wouldn't say this. But he's a prophetic guy. He might say, oh, man, let's go through the book of Daniel together. And I'm going to show you the mysteries. And he's an amazingly brilliant man. Be, ask the right person. Ask somebody who's, who's going to direct you in the right path. Where should I read? And I'd probably say, you know, if you just got saved, let's, let's read the book of John together. Let's see the heart of God. Let's see the, the story of redemption. So there is such thing as stage appropriateness. But here's what's the good thing about stage appropriateness. You go to a different stage and what you're reading changes. Because now when you, do have change, you, when you do have teenagers that are in rebellion, you're not reading books about babies with colic anymore. What are you facing? Where are you growing? I'm going to step on toes maybe, but... If you've been saved for five or ten years and your only, listen to that word, only devotion is the daily bread and the one passage of Scripture it quotes, you're not growing spiritually. You're just not. 
Now, that's a good part of it if that's, if that's what wants to be part of your devotions and growing spiritually. But if you've been saved that long, we, we need to help you grow. And as even Hebrews says, let's move on. Let's leave the elementary things. Let's move on to maturity. The life of the Christian is an ongoing growth. We should always be growing, growing, learning more about God, walking more and more in victory and in power. Read the Word of God. There's some great Christian books also that you can read as devotions. and There's some wonderful writers out there. But everything you read, filter it through the Bible. Make sure you filter it through. There's a lot of books out there. And, and some of them are just a little wacky. But they're in the Christian bookstore. Just because it's in a Christian bookstore doesn't mean it's a healthy book. Remember, arsenic is all natural. <laughs> We've got to have some discernment. So we, we need to learn. We also have to grow in character, point two. We have to grow in character. Let's go to Second Peter. So we're going to ask questions. We're going to read books. But along this path, we're going to have to grow in character. And this is such a, such a large, large topic. But I'm going to read Second Peter 1, 2 through 9. I, I like I started it too because this is a great way to start out. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Receive that this morning. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. I need to receive that. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. It's part of character. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And a brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound... If they're yours and they increase and they're growing and they're abounding, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. If you're in this room and you've called upon Jesus to be your Savior, you have been cleansed from your sins. God has forgiven you. If you've trusted Him with all of your might and said, God, I'll follow you. I love you. I need a Savior. Your sins are forgiven. We should move on from those things and begin to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, always knowing that we were cleansed, always knowing that He pardoned us and He forgave us. And we need to add to our faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and perseverance godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and then love. We need to grow in character. As a mom, you really had to grow in character because your kids came around and you realized what an angry person you were. Come on, some of you. you don't have, we don't have to hear the stories, but you probably went off and cried afterwards when you realized how, how angry some you can get. And I've had kids, so I, how angry you can get at this little beautiful ball of flesh. I mean, they can't do anything wrong. 
except cry for five hours straight. And, and these things begin to come up and you go, what am I going to do? And you realize you have some character flaws. And God wants us to grow through these character flaws. He doesn't want us to stay in them. He wants us to grow and, and get patience and endurance and, and understand this is for the long term and sacrifice. And boy, these things are hard, but through Christ, He can help them to come. And we can even work at, at ways that we can overcome being angry. But it takes work. It takes work. We have to grow in character. Those things like anger, they need to die and patience needs to come up and love and mercy. You know, character that needs to happen in both moms and in Christians in their spiritual growth is honesty. Honesty, humility. You know, you, you, you can't be dishonest with kids. When, you, when you're a parent, if you're dishonest, you're, you're, it's going to be, you're going to be in trouble. You're just going to be in trouble. Because they're going to eventually see through your dishonesty. And so much of what you have done will break apart. Same thing with Christianity. You've got to be honest. Honest with God. Honest with people around you. And I'm, I'm just struggling with this. I need help. I need prayer. Honesty, humility, dying to self, that's, that's hard. Another way to grow in character, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says simply this, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. We've been hearing that for, from our parents forever. It is so true. If you're a mom and you're trying to become a, a better mom, you've got to hang out with people who are going to help you become a better mom. Don't hang out with the, the moms that are neglecting their kids and on drugs. Hang out with moms that are going to help you grow. If you're a Christian, don't be hanging out with the moms that are neglecting their kids. We, we have to be with people who, who love God and who want to grow. Now, I'm not saying we neglect the world. That, that's another message coming. Talk about evangelism. We're talking about reaching out to them. What I'm talking about is being in close fellowship and in such a, such a way that you're hanging out and becoming what, they're, what they are. In order to grow spiritually, you have to die to yourself and say, I can't hang around with the people I used to hang around with. My life has changed. I can't live in the past and in the future at the same time. My past was my past. My future is Jesus. And I've got to watch the people that I'm in, in company with because they're going to affect you. You know, there's a balance somewhere in there and, and that, that you can only spend so much time with people until they start rubbing off of you. Ask the people around you. They see it in you before you do. Ever have someone come to you and go, you've been hanging out with them a lot. You know, and, and not even in bad things. You're starting to laugh just like them. Your sense of humor is changing. Your sense of humor sounds just like... There's a balance of time and if those things rub off... How much more will views of, of Christianity and worldview and how we're supposed to live will rub off in you? Bad company corrupts good character. We need to be hanging out with those who, who are where you want to be. John, Pastor John Dunn used to always say that. Find the person that you want to be and hang out with them. Find the person who's doing what you want to do and hang out with them. Look up, shoot, shoot for the stars. In that passage in Second Peter, I thought of this because, you know, that first video we, we, we watched was really funny about moms and how productive they are. And, and they are. Moms are super productive. 
We went through that, that, that marriage thing a few weeks ago about boxes and brains and thank God. See, God knew what he was doing. Us men, we are one-track guys. Everything's in this little compartment. You know, I mean, it, it was really funny when we learned in the videos, like, you know, we can watch one kid. You know, you'll come home and say, wow, you did such a good with Johnny. Where are the other kids? <laughs> you know, but moms, you guys are amazing. You can do so much and, and, and keep track of so many things. You get so you can be so busy, so productive, too. You know, Christians, I think, should be productive. We shouldn't be busy, but we should be productive. There's a difference. We should be productive. We should be increasing things and making things change and better. We should be growing in characters. Growing in character. And as we grow in character, I believe that will help us not to be unproductive. Second Peter 1.8 again says this, For if these things, these lift of character traits, knowledge, are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful. You know, so, much, so often we go, you know, I just feel like I haven't accomplished anything. You look back, how are these things going in your life? Have you added to your faith virtue and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and love? If, if those things aren't abounding, if those things aren't being added and growing in your life, and you're going, you know, I just don't feel like I've really ever been very productive, that's the answer. Begin to press into the Lord and let these things grow, and you're going to see that you will become more and more productive and fruitful. It just happens. Possess these qualities in increasing measure, and they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge. So we need to learn, ask questions, read books. We need to grow in character. And finally, you need to know that you can't, well, at least you shouldn't do it alone. You can do it alone. We throw that word around too, so often. No, you can't do that. People prove us wrong all the time. You can do almost anything you want to do. You just shouldn't. <laughs> there isn't much that we can't do. There isn't much that we can't do, but there's, a, there's plenty that we shouldn't. And this is one of them. Don't do this alone. Don't be a mom by yourself. Don't grow spiritually by yourself. You, can't, you shouldn't do it. It's, it's not going to be as productive. It's not going to be as fruitful. And it's going to be a lot more frustrating. And there's a lot more potential for you to go off and do it wrong. Live in community, be it. The Bible says that you are not your own. You are bought with a price. You're God's. Don't do it without God. Don't be a mom without God. Bring God in every day and pray for your kids. Even if your kids are adults, pray for them. If you've never prayed for your kids, start praying for your kids. It's never too late. Don't do this alone. You were bought with a price. The Bible says, submit yourself to the Lord. Don't do this alone. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee, but you've got to submit yourself to God. In everything you're doing and you're growing spiritually, submit yourself to God. And you're walking as, as a mom, submit yourself unto God. We need, first and foremost, God to be so active. And it's amazing the people that actually try to grow spiritually without doing it with God. I've met them. Because they think that, that all they have to do is do. I'm just going to read the Bible. I'm going to do certain things. I'm going to change the way. I'm going to discipline my body. But they've never really invited God in to help them and be part of what they're doing and to say, God, I need you. It's still this self thing that they're doing. 
die to self and say, God, I can't grow. I need you in every, in every vein. Help me to understand the Bible. Show me what to read. Bring me into godly counsel and have relationship and fellowship. Don't do it alone. And, and also don't do it without other physical people. Don't, don't try to grow spiritually on your own. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You can't carry somebody's burdens if you're not with them. Spend time with other believers. Grow with them. Be in fellowship. And, I'm, and, and, and not just a life group. I, beyond that, live your life with other believers. You know, I, I, love, I love my mom's life group because they know how to party. You know, they... And, and I know some of your groups do. I just, I just get to hear about this one all the time. And you know, they don't just get together on Wednesdays. They they'll if a good movies they're gonna go to movies together. They go out to lunch together. They they really celebrate and live life together. And within their group, there is group groupettes, little little groups where two or three of them gather together and go shopping together and they live life together. They're not doing it alone. Let's, let's not do it alone. Guys, guys, we're the best at this. We do it alone. I mean, there's a, there's, you know, there's, there's kind of a joke about, you know, uh, I, I think it was a, I think it might even be Mark Driscoll, you know, the, the, the call of the ma- uh, an average male is, you know, I just want to be alone and read books about dead guys. You know, <laughs> read about the past his- history of the church and read about this and read about, you know, you, we need to get together and, and be with live guys and grow in, in faith and community. Grow in spiritually together. You know, if you're in relationship with others, you can also have them pray for you. You can pray for them. We need to cover ourselves and be covered with prayer and to ask people to pray. I was thinking about all the letters that Paul wrote so many times. I prayed for you. I prayed for you. Pray for me. Pray for this. Always putting out prayer requests and always talking about how he prayed for one another. We need to be in relationship and letting people know, can you pray for me about this? Can you pray for me about this? I'll pray for you about that. And really praying because that's where the power happens is through prayer. And also, it's amazing what happens when you begin to say, will you pray for me? You begin to get vulnerable with them. And then you go back to the point a little while ago about being honest. You're starting to ask for prayer because now you're talking about a struggle. Now you're being honest because you're actually struggling with something instead of perfect. We're not perfect. Grow. Grow in our knowledge. We need to learn. We need to grow in character. And we shouldn't do this alone. We really shouldn't. Colossians 1, 9-14 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, asking God to fill you with knowledge of His will through spiritual wisdom and understanding. We pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, so that you may have the great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I found the scripture said that's it. That's the whole message. It's all in there. Growing in growing in character, growing in knowledge, being with one another, praying for one another. God, this morning, 
again, we celebrate moms and motherhood. As we set them up as an example of growing and what that looks like, God, we, we realize that we need to grow spiritually. God, that if we don't continue to, to grow, we're going to be unproductive. We're going to be unfruitful. The offspring that we bear will never grow and they'll be unproductive and unfruitful, God. We have to keep learning and growing and growing in character, God. We need to be with other believers. My prayer, God, this morning is that you would help us to commit, submit to you and commit to you to make every effort, strain every nerve to grow spiritually. We commit to you this morning and say, Lord, forgive us for the ways we failed. God, I pray grace right now for every mom who is questioning any of the things that she's done. God, I pray take off any regret and bring love and mercy, redemption and forgiveness. We cast all of our children into you. Say, God, we can't raise them without your help. And then we also say, God, we can't grow spiritually without you. Help us to have an intimate, personal relationship with you. God, we repent for spending so many years, maybe, of not growing and maybe being unfruitful. Say, God, forgive us, but let today be the day, a new day that you have made. As we move forward in you, God, we pray that you would cleanse us from the past and that will help us even to walk on from our mistakes and move on to maturity into you and, and receive your grace and forgiveness. I thank you for tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that where we're going to continue to grow in things that you have in store for us as we submit ourselves to you and commit ourselves to you. Help us to gather around each other and help us.